she hid it under the washstand. In my opinion, it had given her airs. Yes, she said, attacking my dreams because I had laughed at hers. Better than wanting to be Fanny Kemble. When Fanny Kemble played Juliet, grown men cried. Gentlemen, I told her. Anyone with the talent for it can be a great actress, Jane, but gentlemen marry ladies. Then I shall be a lady, she said simply. I moved off without a splash. Now Jane was Mrs. Fortune, and I, well, I had failed. I cannot remember any more of the storm, only swimming and swimming. The water felt like a living thing as it moved around me. I truly believed my dear Jane was waiting on the side, dangling her feet as she read passages aloud from her foolish love story. And then, warm and very drowsy, my vision narrowed to a tiny beam of light. The arms of the ocean entombed my body, and I was gone. When I opened my eyes again, the storm had faded, and I could see a beach. I had come up on a rocky outcrop. My clothes were torn, and my arms purple and yellow with bruises that ached as I moved. Confused, shaking and dry-mouthed, I crawled over the rocks, pushing aside the splintered flotsam and jetsam that had ridden the current with me. The shattered dreams of the others. Wedding trousseau. Photographs torn at the edges, still trapped beneath the glass. Families far away. They would never see Calcutta now. The sand was bleached a dazzling white. It stretched a long way in both directions. The sea, now completely calm, was the colour of bluebells. A strange, spicy fragrance hung intoxicating in the hot air. I had hardly an ounce of strength and lay dreamless for a long time. Then I heard voices. Une femme, c'est une femme! I opened my eyes and blurred through the haze I saw two half-naked black children running towards me and a white man leading a horse. His tunic was dark with sweat and his grey hair had come loose and shielded his eyes. He was old, fifty at least. Mon Dieu, he said. I was safe, thank God. The man gave the reins to one of the children. He leant over and gently poured warm water from his flask into my mouth. It tasted heavenly. The others, I said, still woozy. Les autres, monsieur. My French did not extend very far. The man shrugged his shoulders and shook his head sadly. Personne. Even in a daze, half battered to death, I could hardly believe that I was the lone survivor. Were they all gone? The stinking deckhands, sea dogs every one, the gruff captain with his two surly officers, the elderly, unsmiling chaperones who had attended our cabin, and of course, those like me, the companions of my shameful voyage, Miss Cameron, Miss Hughes, Miss Lucas, Miss Thornton, and more, punished by our families, sent away forever each on the run, into the arms of the first company man who would have her, and now every soul aboard swallowed up by the wild and tropical sea. Every soul, that is, except me. 
UAEC? I hazarded as the man lifted me up and placed me floppy as a ragdoll on his horse. I could not sit upright and lay flat instead, with my head on the animal's long mane and my fingers curled loosely around the reins. Ici c'est réunion, the man smiled. I want to go home, I said. My heart was in London. I had never wanted to leave. The whole journey had been forced upon me after all. A banishment, a casting out. I had hated every minute, even before the sea reared up. Now it occurred to me, perhaps the storm was a sign. The old man clicked his reins and the horse began to walk up the beach. The movement below me felt awkward on the uneven sand and even my bones ached, but I smiled through my exhaustion. I had survived.